Aloha party people, you are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 104. This episode is sponsored by Tandawai Rum, the world's largest rum producer and winner of over 170 international medals in the past four decades. Check out their webpage at TandawaiUSA.com or follow them on Facebook or Instagram at TandawaiUSA. This episode is also sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club where their monthly t-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. Check out their subscription plan where they offer a discounted 3, 6, or 12 month plan, or you can always buy t-shirts one at a time. For more information or to check out this month's shirt, find them on Instagram at Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club or check out their website at tikibartshirtclub.com. On this episode, we chat with Medusirena, the fire-eating mermaid, recorded live from The Mermaid in Little Tokyo, downtown Los Angeles. If you're not already familiar with our friend Marina, she's an underwater aquatic performer at the Rec Bar in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. She's also a taiko drummer, Polynesian dancer, fire dancer, belly dancer, and former mystery girl at the world-famous Maikai. And for this session, we are joined by Crazy Al and our old friend, Boris Hamilton. We chat about how Marina's Aquaticat Mermaid show at the Rec Bar got started, what it takes to be an Aquaticat, and a bunch of other fun stuff like spam pizza, celebrity impressions, Crazy Al's diet secrets, failed attempts at spreading ashes, and more. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. And if you did, hit that subscribe button. Subscribing makes it easier to follow our adventures. Shares on your social media are always appreciated. And if you'd like to help support the show, go to DesertOasisRoom.com and click on the donate button. Every donation, no matter the size, is totally appreciated and helps keep this podcast coming to you every week. Alrighty then, jump in the pool, the water's fine. Here they are, Metaserena the Fire-Eating Mermaid with Crazy Al and Boris Hamilton. Aloha, folks. We're coming to you live from the mermaid with a mermaid. Oh, wow. Hello. In little Tokyo, Los Los Angeles. With Marina the Mermaid. We've been wanting to do a podcast for a long time. We finally got her on Inside the Desert Oasis Room. Welcome, Marina. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for netting me and getting me on over here. Thanks for coming on. And, and with us, we have Crazy Al and, of course, our, our very good friend of the podcast, Boris Hamilton. Hello. Boris. Veteran. It is actually Tiki Tuesday here. And Tiki I Tuesday. think that the Mermaid has only been open now for one day officially, if I'm correct. It opened yesterday officially for business. And so we're having a couple cocktails. We're having a good time. We just came, actually, from the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Oh, that was fun. And <laughs> we saw lots of cool things there that... I hadn't really seen an in-depth thing like that. I've wandered around there before, but this time we actually had a tour guide, somebody that works there, a funeral director. So, can you not hear me, Boris? I can hear you. If that guy would shut up, and if that guy would shut up, (laughs) and if she would shut up, then yeah, I'd hear you perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) But now we're celebrating at the Mermaid. 
How does it feel to see yourself oh. on the <laughs> porthole TV? It, you know, it was an idea that uh, I'd had a long time ago, and to finally see it come to fruition, that's, it just makes me want to make more and improve on it. It's Is this so the first fun. time that you've ha- had yourself like on a porthole TV? Um, I've been in other ones before, but the idea of the actual porthole and, and giving it the effect that I'm looking through that specific thing rather than a tank or, or right, something, because right. I'm actually uh, projected at the virtual aquarium in Macau. Oh, that's right. I yeah. saw that. Super life size. I Absolutely. saw that. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's still playing. As we speak, right now in Macau, there's a Are, eight aren't you like a, a lionfish or something? Yeah, I become a lionfish. Oh, you do? Oh, wow. Yeah. Through the magic of CGI. Correct, right? correct. I actually uh, work with the animators. I directed the other swimmers as well because they kind of wanted an idea of how to move with each animal. And, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun to oh, have that cool. be involved in the creative process. But the... The lionfish, I made sure that the rays that came out from my midsection, you know, in, in that, you know, lionfish manner, looked like a Tahitian skirt, so that it oh. would have that slight Polynesian feel, you know, just for that. What is the, um, what is the consensus now of mermaid performances around the country? It seems like it's getting more and more popular. Yeah, which is interesting from, from my perspective, because I've always been a figure swimmer primarily. I, I really never went by mermaid for the most part. Okay. They just knew me as a swimmer. I do. She's an actress who chooses to swim under the water. Yeah, sorry. something like that. Right. I'm sorry. You know, so if they, <laughs> yeah, so if they, if they need somebody to be a stunt double, for example, or to, you know, to help direct a model or an actor or anything like that, they'll call me and I go ahead and help, or I go ahead and do the stunt double work for them, or do modeling as well, performances, things like that. But when it became more popular with uh, films and, and uh, cosplay and, and those things, it yeah. took another direction. Because I'm starting to see it a lot more, and yeah. something that I actually didn't know until a few years ago is that there's a tank at the Silverton Casino in Las Correct. Vegas Correct. where they have da- uh I was going to say dances, but they have Those they have mermaid, mermaid performances. They use poses there, though. Right? They do. They, oh, they use so, uh, yeah, regulators. They more like that's a like the style. like yeah. a sip and dip. They use the uh, hoses. No, no, they don't. No no hoses. Oh, they sip don't. Yeah. Where's the one of these? Wiki Wachi then. Wiki Wachi is the one. Yeah, they were actually designed specifically for the park for the spring. It was there. There's. They're actually when you see the octopus and you see the way the, uh, the the breathing devices are, they kind of look like hookahs. That was that's a wiki watchy design. They're actually very protective of it. And oh, okay. They have that sort right. of style. It's it's seen in other places, variations upon it, but for the most part, wiki watchy. Uh, it's too eager for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like they're like creatures. Well, I saw Crazy Al in the in the tank before. Yeah. And I've been there. I've been there. And, and so you do the swami pose, right? <laughs> right. I Which I expect that from Crazy Al. What I thought was hilarious was when Marty Lush tried to get under there. He was so fucking buoyant that he was trying so hard to stay in the window. Marty the buoy. But he kept he kept he kept just ra- rising to the surface. Well, I, I find that really uh, rather entertaining because uh, a person will go in and ask to swim with me, and and I'll have to ask them, "Do you have swim experience?" And they'll say, "Yeah, of course I do." And and, and then when you see them swim, yeah, they're bobbing on the surface. They're of not course, really yeah. accustomed to sinking to the bottom or. Working with the bottom, or if they are, they flail their arms a lot, so they'll hit you in the face. I, I testify that that's not easy to do. <laughs> Years ago, when I was in shape, it was much easier to like be uh, omnibuoyant. What's it called? Like oh. omnibuoyant. Oh, you mean neutrally buoyant? Neutrally buoyant. Neutrally buoyant. So years ago, it was way easier for me to be neutrally buoyant, but. Uh, 
this last time I was there, I was, I'm totally a floater. Sucked. <laughs> now, do you scuba dive at all? I do. I do. Okay, so you understand. Certainly. Well, so like, you know, I'm a scuba diver as well. I got certified in 1994, and in the beginning, it is tough to get yourself like you have to get the weights right. Right. Because your body is naturally buoyant. So she does it with breath. So you exhale. You can't have your lungs full of air when you go down under the water. So you're answering the, the question I was going to ask. That's exactly Marina, it. He's right. right. So, yeah, so I was curious if you had any weights in your tail. Not or at all. Like that. I never use weights. Okay. I never do. Um, there was a time early on that I experimented with them and found that it made me, uh, made my, my, uh, my center of gravity, it pushed it aft rather than forward a little too much where I couldn't really do the maneuvers as effectively. So I, I figured, well, let's see what the alternatives oh, are. Not only is she doing spectacular tricks holding <laughs> her breath, she's doing it with empty lungs. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Half lungs are generally it. Yeah. Okay, so I want to tell our listeners a little bit more about your background because it is very fascinating. Oh, yeah. You were a mystery girl at the Maikai. That is correct. And one of the Polynesian dancers. I did. I, I danced at the Maikai Review. You are a taiko drummer. Yes. And you started swimming as Marina the Mermaid. Um, How did all of this start? Well, I've been a free diver since age three. Oh, you're a free diver too. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, uh, in a different context. I think a lot of free diving is is seen as uh, going for depth and time and things of that nature. Generally, my dad taught me back then it was called skin diving. You know, we just yeah. didn't we didn't think of it any. You know, I think they call it snorkeling now. But we'd have to go down to, you know, a certain depth in order to hang out and maybe do spearfishing back, you know, back when we did do that. The general uh, motivation was to stay down low enough and for long enough that fish would start to kind of come back and creep in. Because they're usually Because then they thought that you were one of them. Well, or I just kind of hid. So, you know, if I'm make, not making any large movements, eventually the fish just kind of start to come around the reef and you get to see them. Or yeah, yeah. you hunt them or whatever the idea is back at the time. But the reward for patience and, and uh, tenacity being down there wasn't so much for time, like, competitive, in my perspective. Right, yeah, yeah. It was to see more things. Yeah. And how to, uh, how to ascend without frightening anything. So how do I do it in a very slow and controlled manner so that things aren't reactive around? Have you it. seen photographs of models that put the... Um, they put these flowing gowns on, yes, and then they free dive to do these uh -huh. really beautiful images. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever thought? Have you ever crossed your mind how they do that? I'm sure you. Oh, has. not at all, not, not at all. I, I'm usually involved in those kinds of shoots as far as uh, um, giving a little extra advice as to you know weigh, weighing certain areas. You have to have uh, assistance to kind of guide where yeah. the skirts are. A lot of it has to do with the environment. You have current. You have, uh, well, sea life in general, right. clarity, buoyancy, a, a lot of things. And some of them consider. look like they're really pretty deep. Yeah. Because uh, they, what, they have that, like, uh, you know, the glowing sunlight from way up above. Right, right, right. My first thought is doing a photo shoot like that with Al and Boris. How do we make that happen? Oh, I can make that happen right away. Let's get started. I can sit on the bottom. I can sit on the bottom for... Easily <laughs> three to seven seconds. The bottom feeder is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. out with the. How long do you normally 
stay underwater before you have to come up for a breath? Well, my as everyone ha- who has asked me before knows, I will never tell how long I stay under. Okay. And generally, I did. It was a time that I was okay with it, and I would just say it. But when I would, people would tell me that they could, or some emails. Oh, yeah, there's always some guy. They want to try right? to top it. Yeah. And the whole idea, the motivation wasn't necessarily competitive. Well, not necessarily. It wasn't competitive at all. It was no, artistic. No, 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 not at all, yeah. So if someone says, you know, you can hold your breath for two minutes. I can hold it for 240. I don't, I'm sure that's lovely, but I, that's not my interest. I Do it and look sexy. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I, do it. I want to do it where uh, I can finish a scene. So if somebody, for example, if I'm working with a director or, or someone, a photographer, or even for myself when I'm doing a pass in a swim show, I'm thinking about I'm going to go to this window, I'm going to work to this area, I might do this maneuver, and if I'm okay, maybe I'll do this additional one before leaving. Or, you know, hit this target, move this way, and very uh, casually leave so it doesn't, you know, mess with the, the take or the visuals. You don't want to look like you're rushed to get out of the scene. And you're also the one that's choreographing the sequences? Well, most of the sequences, my, my whole emphasis in, in training my swimmers, I call them aquatic cats. Yes. That was generally an homage to the old uh, um, shows that they would have in these pool attractions. You know, just about every hotel at one time had a swimming pool show, a swim show. It, they had high dives. It was quite a, quite a to-do. And, of course, the groups that would perform would be, they'd have certain names, like you know, the, aqua, the aqua beauties or something like that to identify them. Since that hadn't been used an extended period of time, I thought, well, I think I'll introduce the Aquatic Cats and make that's it Medusa Rana and the Aquatic Cats. Yeah, that's a great yeah. name. And I'm curious what it takes to be an Aquatic Cat because it, I'm sure that it's very strenuous uh-huh. and very stressful and very kind of nerve-wracking. Yeah, you just put a tail on your... Oh, uh, yeah, right. a cakewalk. <laughs> well, some, for some, it, it's, uh, it's a natural, innate ability that they might have that just needs to be polished up in a show setting. So if you're a natural dancer, I'm just showing you how to dance a certain way so that you can be more efficient underwater. Well, that's a very simplified way of saying it, but I mean, it takes a specific physical performance too because you are not used to holding your breath and doing the same thing. Yeah. That's very unnatural. Well, for some, you know, I I think, I really think it's dependent on whoever is, uh, is trying it out. Generally... The first thing that they're concentrating on is the awkwardness of uh, buoyancy and, and being right. self-conscious, being nervous. It's always more normal. But once they start getting accustomed to being in the underwater environment, every time they go under, their brain adjusts to that environment. And then they think about what's happening immediately around them. And okay. that really helps enhance their personal performance. I, I really want them to be individual performers okay. rather than synchronized. But you'll know it's my style in some of the things that they do but it's not a synchronized set like you know uh, like a production sure, per se sure so it's not a production okay right very okay. organic because it's a bar setting primarily the rec bar is so because they're swimming through the portholes and it may not be the same person twice that sees them you want to make sure you don't see the same thing right. you know you don't want right. to you want right. to keep it fresh yeah i would love to see marina swim by and then boris come in and then Crazy Al come That in. can totally be arranged. <laughs> I'm that in. Would be, that would be a sequence that I would I, I, would, I would flip for that. I need to make the transition from free diver <laughs> to get paid diver. <laughs> Let me know when you can do that because I'm waiting on that too. 
What was, that, what was that movie like in the late 80s about free diving Splash. in France? Splash. That's not Splash. The Big Blue or Splash. something like that? <laughs> Back to school? No. Was it the Big Blue? The Big Blue. The Big Blue. Everybody saw the Big Blue. It's about French uh, free divers. French blue people. And then everyone like wanted to be a free diver for like... Until the, until the death started. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. It started getting careless. Well, that, that's a concern of mine, even with the... Uh, I have to put this in quotes all the time, the mermaid movement or the mermaid interest. Because sure, yeah. a lot of people just purchase these monofins that they have no experience swimming in. Yeah. Put them on, get in a pool, and if they don't know how to swim already, they suddenly think they can with this. Their legs are restricted, and a lot of injuries have happened so far. And again, it's a very unnatural movement. That it is initially terrifying. for those that are not uh, who, who haven't even tried it. You know, yeah, it's, it's terrifying. It's, it's terrifying just, to me. Just the fact that your legs are compressed, mm. and it's like, okay, this is my go-to. The weird look. Thing, the weird thing to me is. Growing up in Phoenix, literally you were in the pool 12 hours, if not more, a day. And most of that was spent under the water, just like right. fantasizing about mermaids and stuff. Oh, maybe I'm divulging too much. But I swam like a dolphin from like... Really? Probably the time I was five. It was easier for me to, to like swim that way because I, I grew up with flipper or whatever. I don't know why. Yeah. But um, for me, it was such a natural thing because I would like zip around under the pool all day long. Did you watch The Man from Atlantis? Yes, I went. Ah, that that. could have been an inspiration. His swim style was like that. See, my thought is if if somebody put a monofin on my feet and tied my legs together and threw me in the pool, I would drown. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely. What I want to do now (laughs) is get in your car, the four of us, me, you, and Al will get in the sleeping bag and roll into your pool. Right? And see how it goes. And see how well, it goes. Because naturally, that is exactly what I wear when I do swim It shows. is. I wear it sleeping is. bags. But that's what it feels like. If it's not <laughs> no. going well, it might as well be a sleeping bag. I suppose so. <laughs> so, yeah. So, let me ask you, because it's such an unnatural thing, Certainly. how did you train for that? Well, having the free dive experience certainly helped. So okay. that, that already was, was a given that I was in the underwater environment and I was hanging down there and trying to figure out how to make things more efficient down there. I, as a, uh, I was a marine biology major. Uh, I actually was an honors biology I, a student okay. and really was interested in animal physiology, particularly marine animals. So I was into dolphins and mostly pinnipeds. I was big into the sea lions and seals because I kind of made a better connection with them as far as how we physically moved, or even otters. So I I started kind of borrowing from that. Right, right. You already un- understood the movement. Right, and, yeah. and how to you know do more with less. Or, for example, seeing a large sea creature will move a lot slower than, right. than one would expect. So when you see a person you know putting on a fishtail and jumping in, Sometimes, if they have no experience, they tend to move really fast and, and try to, you know, they think that's going to get them from point A to point B more efficiently yeah, yeah. when it's actually a slow, controlled just, yeah, yeah, yeah. movement that will get you going. So if you watch in an aquarium, you see a manta ray, that manta ray is just chilling and just flying right, real right. slow. And that, that's kind of what I wanted to convey in my own swim style, along with my background in Polynesian dance, which I thought, okay, well... Right. Hands are important. Right. I can use the hands for not only implements, but also to allow me to move and maneuver. And I do that by sculling. So I control and adjust my body with the arms. The tail is minimal, believe it or not. It just gives forward momentum, propulsion. 
but it right. isn't responsible for the maneuvers. It's the arms, like right. pectoral fins on the fish. So that's generally how I, I started to to make it unique in its own way. But as far as inspiration, my background was through my mother and my father. My father's a photographer, a diver. My mother was big into musicals, so she introduced me to the great Esther Williams. So seeing Esther Williams films and then see, watching Sea Hunt and getting into the nautical stuff with my dad. And my dad and mom had a tiki bar in their home. I grew up with a tiki bar next to my bedroom. That just kind of fused together and organically became what I do. And Medusa yeah, Renna yeah. kind of embodies that. Very cool. I want to hear stories about the time when you were a mystery girl huh? yes. at the Maikai, at the world famous Maikai, yes, the indeed. greatest Polynesian palace in the world. It is the it is the Polynesian the, the Polynesian pop mecca. Polynesian suppose, pop right? mecca. <laughs> man, at that place, man, it's it's unbelievable. Yes, it's absolutely and beautiful. My sister went on a cruise last year and she flew to Fort Lauderdale because the cruise was de departing from Fort Lauderdale. And she went out there a day early. And she said, yeah, just to go out and see the city. And I said, go to the Mai Kai and thank me later. And she didn't go. And I'm like, oh, no. what the hell is wrong with you? And she's like, well... We just decided to get something. I was like, "Don't." There's no excuse if you're, you're in not Fort Lauderdale. I said, <laughs> "I said, it's the greatest Polynesian palace in the world." And she said, "Yeah, like in the world." And I said, "Yes, yes. in the world." <laughs> no, in and the world. And then she said, "Well, like better than Polynesia." And I'm like, "Yes." yes. <laughs> There's nothing wow. like it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's wow. a non-Tiki person, obviously. Oh, she yeah, doesn't yeah. know. It, yeah. It, I imagine that must so, have been the case. I mean, like, every time I go to Hukilau, I admit I haven't been there for a few years, but every time I go to Hukilau, you know, we see different people who get the mystery bowl. Oh, yes. And the, the mystery girls are so great at not cracking a smile. It is not an easy task. Yeah. Especially when you have an extreme sense of humor. And I find everything funny. I really do. I mean, I had I was laughing more than anybody at the cemetery, or if I wasn't, I was acting goofy. But that's just the way I am. <laughs> just did I, crack, I laugh. Did I crack a smile during my mystery presentation? Uh, I don't know. I didn't see it. Was I there? You were banging a symbol at once. Oh, I was banging the guard. Were you a mystery guy? Oh my god! Yeah, he's done mystery as well. Was, did did you really? Man. Yeah. It was a special. Well. Swanky uh, asked me to do a special uh, mystery presentation for his beloved. Uh, that was one year, and then it kind of snowballed into a charity oh, so event. The, I, now that I know that Al does it, oh, I want my it. bowl from right, Al. I'd like you about to do Al it. is mysterious. <laughs> Where does he live? Does he right. check his mail? How do, how does, how that does is he, mysterious. He, he just said at the beginning of this podcast when he was in good shape, I know. And he yeah. used yeah. to be he only, used to be able to That oh. was that was last year. <laughs> yeah, look and then my first thought when he said it was when I was in good shape, my first thought was, Fuck you. <laughs> no, but how how funny would it be like if you're like you're 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 coming home from something in Long Beach and you stop at Ralph's real quick and like Al's pushing a shopping cart. Right. I would be like, What? <laughs> Me and Doug Horn do it together all oh the time. My right? God. <laughs> you swap places. <laughs> Al was talking about his diet before we started recording, where he says, oh. like, oh, yeah, so when I go home, I eat this and that and this and that. Then when I come back, it's like, no cheese. Well, he, <laughs> yeah, he, I heard that, too. He no told pork me, rinds. I learned everything no from Marina. Cats. No <laughs> Kit Kats. He, he came up to me once, like, five years ago, unsolicited, and he's like, you know what I do? 
I just have a late lunch. <laughs> and I was like, okay, thanks. Well, well I asked him, like, well, we were eating Danger Dogs or something one time. And I said, dude, how do you eat this stuff and stay, like, so so lean? I have a theory about this. I believe, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here, Al, intermittent fasting, which generally is what he's doing, even though he won't truly say, I am intermittent fasting. But if he doesn't eat is most of the day and then he, he's here's intermittent the deal. Fasting. He's a busy guy. It takes, uh, I don't know, I, I learned this from survival, watching survival shows. So the human needs like 2,000 calories a day or something. Well, I'll eat 2,000 calories and then I won't eat anything for 24 hours. See, there you go. Yeah. And then I'll replenish or sometimes I won't eat. But isn't it better to out. spread the 2,000 calories across the day of instead course, of like I'm too distracting. a double-double yeah. and animal fries? I do 2,000 a week. And, right. <laughs> what? Okay, but the, the no, two I'm of kidding. you, what are your favorite foods? Let's start with you, Marie. Yeah, let's, let's have oh, some fun wow, questions. Oh, wow, that's a really good question. Like, Kari just asked me that not too you, long ago. Someone said all you can eat oh, for two hours, that I can anything eat, you want. Even if it's, oh, pizza, totally, which is amazing because I, I love all sorts of really exotic foods. But pizza is my nemesis. Chicago or New York? Style. I don't care because pizza. It's okay. pizza. It's what are you this upset. On it? Doesn't matter. It's pizza. I will do anchovies. Everything but onions. Everything. Uh-huh. I could not you all piled. I do, but I don't eat it. What? I love pizza, but, but I don't eat it? pizza. But I love Birthdays, pizza. New Year's. Very rarely. The last time I actually actually I had a, pe- a slice of pizza a couple of weeks ago, which was kind of wild. I, had, I was very excited about that. Did it have okay. Cheetos on it? Huh? They have Cheetos on it? No, no, that was something else. So I no, can I, tell that Marina's thought of pizza is the way I think of sex. What? Even wow. if it's bad, it's good. That's true. Oh, okay, I was thinking right. because I, you don't, you should have sex. That's I encourage I sex. sex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I try not to eat pizza. Oh, thank it's you, like pizza, right? Yeah. And pizza's have good. sex instead. Pizza's good with pizza friends. And pizza's sex. good by yourself. Pizza after right. sex it's would be amazing. Like oh, my God. <laughs> That's not even fair. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, wow. That just, wow. I'm going to write that on my to-do list. My favorite pizza. pizza. And sex? Now, now that I <laughs> think about pizza. it. After pizza sex after and sex. pizza or pizza and sex? <laughs> I want to get the pizza that leads to sex and then eat the leftovers. Sex pizza. I want to eat pizza off her back while I'm having sex with her. Wow. Hopefully it's not too hot because that will ruin the night. <laughs> Show these little triangle shape burn marks. How to explain that. Now, I will well, say, now that... It can't ever be too hot, the sex. Oh, no. Pizza, when it's hot on your back with melted cheese, that oh. could make an exception. Unless you're the kinky that way. You know, 50 shades of oregano. 50 shades of pizza. I, now, I do miss growing up, and I can get it somewhere, some places sometimes. I like when you pull the pizza and it's stringy, but a lot of times yeah. now you pull it and it's... You got See, I, what are your thoughts about cheese <laughs> in the crust? Oh my goodness! I, I'm not a fan. I'm not either. It's too much. I think it's a neat idea, but it's too much. I mean, everybody's already obese, that's except a, for these two. The oh wait a second! A wait, don't eat wait, the crust. wait, 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 wait! Cheese in the crust is too much because everybody's obese, so it's a, already it's obese. A wait, health, you don't need to. It's a health thing, right? right? But you don't need to make it worse. You know, <laughs> why does well put frosting in the crust? I just think it's too. They I have. think there was one they did with the hot dogs <laughs> in the crust. Oh, I don't know about that one. Oh, what about sure. you, Al? Yes or no with I know stuffed the crust? crust. No. What's your favorite? Well, I will eat anything that has salt, fat, or sugar in it because I'm genetically modified to like that stuff. Oh, so then, yeah, stuffing or frosting in the crust would be your favorite. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's a lot of salt, a lot of fat, and a lot of sugar, uh, it's all good 
So, you know what? They should put spam on pizza. They have. They do? They, uh, uh, really, where have you anything been? that's flat that allows for things to be thrown on it, I can say with great confidence, it has been thrown on it. Okay. Well, I'm you know sure. what? Look, I got to say, I don't know where I can order pizza with spam on it because that does sound great. Sounds amazing. With pineapple and Spam? Oh, my God. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> now, that's a Hawaiian pizza. Yeah, that's See, a Hawaiian pizza. I talk this way, but I don't eat it. I sound like right. Christopher Walken, but I'm saying <laughs> I can't. I, I, one day I will. It can one be day. done. I've now, seen her eat. Yes. And it's, it's kind of like watching uh, an animal like graze, okay, like, especially without. like a goat. There's just this big bowl of green stuff. And Does the mermaid like, eat seafood? She, <laughs> she just of goats course. away. The mermaid oh, yeah. eat seafood. What about like, like edamame? Would you just like just tear through a bowl of edamame? Oh, totally. Okay. Oh, edamame. Yeah, that's I tear through a bowl of edamame. I I, yeah, I do like salt? sushi a lot. Oh. oh yeah. What is this? With sea salt. Edamame oh yeah. Oh, good stuff yeah. right there. That's great stuff. And it's busy food. It keeps you. You know, if you're having conversation or even if you're not, you're busy. It's good bar food. It should so be served I have more often in bars. I have a question. How long were you a raw foodie? Oh, that was a long time. Oh, are uh, you a raw foodie? I, I was a, I still am to an extent, but really I had to make adjustments. With all this pizza talk. I'm sorry? With all this pizza talk, I wouldn't have Oh, no, that. I don't eat pizza. That's the thing. She I, loves pizza. She I doesn't it. eat it. I just don't That's eat it. That's the key to being thin, uh, people <laughs> yeah, out yeah. there in the America <laughs> land and uh, uh, pizza anywhere heaven. else, obesity in the world. You'll be in pizza heaven. That's what I'm hoping for. I, there was a, a comic book panel I saw with this Dracula kind of creature, and I guess he had to spend. He had to. Uh, he passed away. And he went to hell, and his sentence was that he gets to eat all the pizza. He like just tons of pizza, and it was the funniest picture. I've got to have to put it out on a T-shirt because it's like his penance is pizza, <laughs> and I'm like, if I could go to hell and just eat pizza, that that might be okay. I wouldn't be so bad. Know. <laughs> Sign me up. If you have a product, service, or event that you'd like to bring attention to, we can help. Imagine hearing your ad in this spot, just like you're hearing this one right now. Sponsor an episode and get the exposure you deserve. For more information, go to DesertOasisRoom.com and click on Services. <laughs> we talked in a previous episode of a Twilight Zone episode where somebody that was, he was a bad guy, he robbed banks and stuff, and when he died, he thought he was in heaven, and he asked to rob a bank. And they said, sure, so he robbed a bank, and he robbed it without getting caught. And he's like, he didn't like that there was no chance of getting caught, so he asked, is there a chance that I could get caught? And they said, well, yeah, we can arrange for you to get caught. And he's like, well, I don't want to know that I'm going to get caught, but is there a chance? Like, he wanted that risk and all that, right? So... It was later revealed at the end of the episode that he was in hell because he said, I thought this was heaven. I thought the, the guy said, heaven? What made you think you were in heaven? And he started laughing. <laughs> so I'm getting to the pizza thing. Is it heaven or is it hell that you can eat all that pizza? We'll have to find out, I suppose. Yeah. I had this thing that I ask people all the time if you have a superpower that you have any superpower that oh, you'd like oh I have one well what would you like it to I have be giant feet oh oh what what would I like it to <laughs> be yeah what would you like it to be so oh. so like I've said I love the giant feet answer so <laughs> I've said before that I would love to be whatever I want to eat without getting fat ah tape and one I'm man. looking at my superpower oh. person right in front of me Mr. Ooh. Crazy Al <laughs> what did you eat tonight I ate everything put in front of me. And what was it? 
uh, pork sliders, beef sliders, tater tots, uh, and what some cocktail? Kind of what shrimp? Uh, and what cocktail are you on right now? Japanese pickles. Oh, let me tell you, my new favorite food so is see. the Mermaid Voyage. <laughs> Live here at the Mermaid <laughs> in like Tokyo, LA. What? Little the Tokyo. horns. <laughs> That's awesome. I have skills. So, so look at that. And he's going to come out tomorrow. He's going to walk out the shower and he's going to dry off his abs. His six pack olas. <laughs> so, packs. wait, you are raw food? Well, yeah, I actually experimented first with raw food. Wait, I, man, I'm trying to remember what year. I would have to venture to say about 2008, maybe 2007. I started to do it pretty steadily. You, you cooked your food on a rock? I No, I didn't cook it at all. No, okay, rock, what, about the people that, what are the people that cook their food on a rock? Good for them. I, I think know, that might be the, the paleo food, folks are pretty food. creative. Okay, okay. So maybe it's that. But I, I, I increased it. I went from maybe going, uh, I started 50%, then went 75 then went 85 then went full, 100%. 100%. It was real fun to hang out with okay, them. That, yeah, Al well, hated when, me during that time. When you're doing raw food, <laughs> I understand like veggies and, right. and fruit and that kind of thing. Yeah. Stuff. What about meats? Is it all just like sushi? Um, no meats. It, it depends on, like, of course. Raw you know, fish? Actually, you know why you're so thin when you're a raw foodie? Is you just drive in circles looking for somewhere to eat. That, you know, he's out, <laughs> he has a point there. It, 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 became, it became a challenge. At first, I liked the game. You know, it is. You can actually treat it as a game and you go, all right, well, you're given these certain pieces. How do you mix it together to make it something that you can eat? that doesn't have the preservatives or was heated. And uh, most of the, the major answer would be just do it at home. Get the stuff, go to a farmer's market, know where it came from, make sure it has no extra right, stuff. Right. But it does get increasingly difficult to do if your schedule gets crazy, or it did in my case. Other people are very committed to it, and kudos to them. I, try, I, did, I went 100% raw for a little over a year. I did lose a lot of weight. Uh, did you Gen feel like there was something lacking, though? I mean, did you feel um, like, did you, were you losing energy or anything What like was that? truly lacking was socially, because yeah, yeah. Uh, now I became kind of awkward. I'd go someplace, and we'd have to... pain in the ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. thank you, Al. That's exactly it. I Now I had to be careful what I ordered, or I could be at a restaurant and not eat anything. And people have... I've done that with people before. They're used to it. It's not a big deal. I, I'll go happily to a place, just experience the atmosphere. she's going to pass out because she hasn't eaten in, like, 48 hours. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, get her something to eat. And she's like, I can't. That was really <laughs> difficult. Thank you for trying. Right, exactly. You know, if we could hit a produce store... Anyway, and yeah, it became really difficult for right. me personally. I admire those that can stick with it and go full raw for extended periods, but it just didn't seem to work with what I was did your doing. Vision improve or anything? Um, I actually felt healthy as heck. I did, but I had it. I was. I felt like a shrew. I constantly had to eat all the time to keep that energy up, and it takes a long time to make a lot of these fancier meals. There's especially these things called cows, and they have these gigantic right? stomachs. Well, I don't have those <laughs> extra they just ones eat all day long. Well, they have more than one, the and I'm not going to chew cut. It really turns people off <laughs> if you are active too yes your body's always asking burns for it, fuel burns it right up yeah. yeah so what what did you eat that broke the that you're like i'm gonna wrap this up and i'm gonna have this oh well actually it was the scale that did it for me believe oh. it or not i uh yeah down to 19 pounds you're something like, you know like that yeah it, it just it went a little excessive my and you know some I'm comfortable being slimmer. I, I really am because it allows me to jump around. It's kind of like Al. If, if Al gains five pounds, he's miserable. Yeah, I can only do a push-up if I weigh 
<laughs> a certain amount. If I weigh more than that, I can't do a push-up or a pull-up. Right. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, because I'm too heavy. Yeah, so that, that's it. I mean, and he'll be miserable. He will be. And, and that's it. I, I know my safe zone, my comfort zone, and if I exceed it, uh, I'll just not feel like myself, and it makes things rather difficult for swimming, for running. I, I'm athletic in those aspects. Not to mention when you're a job is to be all beautiful in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, I and, we had this discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, and, and as performers, you know, we, we, we do talk about that because this is a very visual medium. You have to medium. be very disciplined yeah. to know that there's a certain aesthetic that your audience expects of you. Right. And, and, I, and I'm really glad that there's a lot of acceptance of variations of, of physiques and, and, and such. If that's your job, that's part of yeah. your job. It's like you're not doing your job if you're not... If you're not maintaining if your you're physique. Not, if yeah. you're not fulfilling your duties, then yeah. what, are, what is a person paying you for? Right, right. I, I, I want to at least look like a swimmer. drops dramatically. Yeah, it, it can. It, and it, well, especially in the area that I live, I, you know, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, it's, it's very, they're very visually oriented. So it, sure, yeah. You, you, you are, and I'm also getting older, so I want to make sure that I keep things up. Because it's easy to throw in the towel. Some people, when they turn as early as 35, they'll be saying, "You know, I'm not what I used to be. I've got this pain," and right, you know, right. and they'll let it happen. And uh, I don't necessarily think it's true. Only because my immediate inspirations, and I have some really great people around me that are older, that look phenomenal, that still dance, that still do things. Carol Channing, <laughs> baboom! Yes. See the legs on that broad? Diamond. It's like 90. I'm 90, but the diamonds the are my crush <laughs> best friend. Diamonds. I like diamonds. I don't know. know they had such great Carol Channing impressions. <laughs> my calves are like diamonds. Diamonds. It's from dancing. I was supposed to be in the movie. They didn't hire me. I was very upset. Mar- I got Marina did a very butt. good Eartha Kitt impression. Yes, from I did. I've heard her Eartha Kitt impression before. You've heard my Eartha. It is uh, <laughs> there. There. You are very attractive, gonna... Mister. I like glasses. Stop it! I'm... <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> oh, do you have an Eartha Kitt fetish? Among others, but yes. Ow! <laughs> Why do you keep looking at Kari? <laughs> <laughs> I know you've got an impression in there somewhere. Other than it. Bamboo Ben. Oh, um, I, got, uh, I stole it from my buddy uh, Ryan. But, uh, Ryan! Dang, dang, dang goes a trolley. Rang, rang, rang goes a bow. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> That's a good and, one. Uh, Wait, that was Judy a, Garland, right? You just did the Judy Garland? Them. It's all of those eras. Okay. No, who's the, uh, oh, what's the, Ohio. <laughs> Is that like Kate Smith or something? What? No, it's what's her <laughs> I feel like you're this close to doing a Paul Lind. It, well, right? it is that, too. Oh, it is okay. that, too. So it's the same one. But he was just doing the broad I'm thinking of, but I can't think. I think I've told my favorite Paul Lind joke on your podcast before. Uh, you did. I don't know. Did you? Do you tell? I don't know. Well, tell it, tell it Ethel Merman. It was, uh, Ethel Merman is who I was doing. That yes, Ethel Merman. Ethel Merman. But Ethel Merman is also um, 
all will stick on That's Catherine Hepburn. I thought you were doing Catherine Hepburn. That is not Catherine. Oh, wait. Well, he takes a photo. I wasn't even ready. Catherine Hepburn has to be ready for a photo. Let's do a ready poop. Who do I have to sleep with to get another drink around here? I know. That's what I'm thinking. Service. Hollywood Squares. You can go. You can. It's on YouTube. Call in. They say um, when a man falls overboard, they yell "man overboard." When a woman falls overboard, what do they say? And he says, "Full speed ahead." <laughs> <laughs> But did he you say always, You can only do that joke in the 70s. Right. Fall in, did you son of a bitch. Full speed ahead. Yes. Eyes, eyes you know, with, in the camera. <laughs> and then he went like... Half smile. It doesn't work on a podcast, but he's all... <laughs> if you ahead. guys saw the faces these guys are making man. while making these voices, you totally right. crack yeah. it up. It's pretty... They the look Paul like they're Lynn's just holding a fart. It's podcasting. awful. It should be. How do, you, how do you podcast a Paul Lynn face? How do you know, podcast? We need to we go to go his live. old house where he where he passed and have a seance on your podcast. Are you saying awesome. we should we go should to this that. old house show and no, do Paul what? Lynn's old house. Oh, we I'm like, this old house? Maybe I should talk do they even the do that anymore? There you go. That's much better. Yeah, okay. We should go to Paul Lynn's old house in the, Hollywood, in the, you know, in the hills above sunset, have a seance, and do a podcast. Let me know how that's... Yeah, make it happen. <laughs> go ahead and set that and up. go. What, what was Wilbur's... Uh, is it Wilbur? No, the, the pig. Famous yeah, pig, Wilbur. the rat. Yeah. So what was the name of the rat? Templeton. Oh, in. Templeton. Templeton. So we got to do Templeton uh, uh, jokes. If you so. had seen me at Hollywood Forever today, I was as happy as Templeton at that carnival running around the mausoleums. Marina was in her element today. Man. Did you guys see the peacock cages? I saw the, well, I saw the we, peacocks we saw everywhere. They, wild. they okay. lost yeah. some feathers, though. They were looking like peahens oh, from a distance. We couldn't well, tell yeah, the difference. Apparently, it's that time of the year where they shed their feathers. Okay. And they were molting. Yeah, yeah. That's the excuse they give you. That's the they excuse. Don't want to be we, we got in to, uh, to the authorities. We got to see some cool behind-the-scenes stuff. They opened the crematory for us. They uh, opened yeah. an oven for us. Yeah. Is it awesome? Was it's there like, like a giant was there pizza like oven. old yes. giant rings in there and I stuff? was hoping for that, but no. Yeah, no. It's just like a giant stainless steel pizza. I was ready to teeth. roll into one of those things. I just, I was so excited. You know how excited I get in this. Yeah, I like that stuff. I didn't know that they were like a one-stop shop. Well, yeah, well, they, yeah, they so do it's everything. A, it's a real functioning cemetery. It's I fabulous. I but they cream the fact that they have a, a cremulator there is, right, right. is yeah, ridiculous. Like a cremulator. A cremulator. Yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I'm a deathy. Yeah, they have they have the stuff, man. They they can do it all there. They're fabulous. They're, but they do it in a very respectful, amazing manner. The uh, the crypts and the uh, the memorials are fantastic. The the people are great. Really, if there was any place I'd want to be, you know, made a diorama out of, I you know, for a long time I wanted to just be fed to sharks after I die. But I'm telling you what. I'm reconsidering. Yeah, so really, that that was what the shark joke was about. Yeah, yeah. You guys were. I wanted to be kind of like freeze dried into cubes, and you can like you know throw me out there. I think just throwing your body out there with a bunch of chum would be more entertaining. Well, certainly, I think. Well, if we if we could arrange for people to be able to get out there and have a good time, and maybe go to a resort after, that would be amazing. That's very Buddhist of you. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm well, you know what was actually very Buddhist is when people say that they want their ashes to be planted into the base of a tree. I want that something. Like that. I'd yeah. rather ashes. do go that way. That's or very just Buddhist. Plant me in the, put me in the ground in a casket. Well, you Can we put life. you in a pot under a tree? Like grow a tree? That's yeah. fucking no, great. A, you create life with you your death. Grow a tree on top of your casket. The owl tree. Or maybe That's you awesome. plant the seed in the guy's mouth or something so your head well, just like... Well, the, the tree thing, you look like a pod person underneath. It's really fantastic. Apparently, you give nutrients to this plant yeah. and it becomes mega tree. I An told, owl tree. Uh, a tree with I, a goatee. I, I, I would do that. <laughs> I told Mike Jr. that when I passed, I was going to... I was going to have my kids sneak into the tiki tea and dump my ashes in the fountain. That's funny. And he paused and he said, please don't do that. <laughs> well, what if you're like placed in, in like some just... sort of a concrete or a stucco and you're made as part of the walls of the place? Oh, there you go. Until Scientology takes what it over. What if you did like a yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little amoeba. Your ashes were mixed into the clay. pepper. Uh, mixed into the Oh, whoa. Let's say that again. <laughs> just put your like... Pep, uh, ashes in the pepper dispenser when they're not looking. Mm, oh this God. isn't giving the spice I was expecting. <laughs> this is rather strange. It's and tasting plaster, a little. Plaster. It's a little What's ashy. That? My thought is, is that we take the ashes and we separate them to different people, and I already have a fun set up, and I ac actually have my ashes. Each of these pieces dumped into my favorite places around the world Sweet. for which I already have a fund that then it's basically my way of buying them a vacation to this, this that's place. What, that's what Tiki Kate did. Oh, she did? Yeah, Squid made her little like moais right. with her ashes in it and I think like 12 people got them. Right. Sven took us to Paris. I put mine all around her favorite places in LA. Okay. Um, a bunch of us got them. Short Tim straw gets one. Disneyland because so I, I hear it's really hard. Like that. But I think that what I'd like to do is I'd like to, I'd like to fund the trip to like One Foot Island is one place and Kauai is another place, and it'd be my way of buying. Hello, we're posing for a picture. Uh, well, she's taking a while there. It'd be I didn't my way of buying them a vacation to see the, my favorite I'm places sure around the world. I'm sure your kids would just love it. Like, yeah. How's our inheritance? Well, it would be great, except for those $25,000 for Dad sending his friends yeah, everywhere. Yeah, send them around the world. <laughs> I, I have an ashes story, if anyone wants to hear it. I have an ashes story, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as, as some of you know, I... I, I I'm a pilot, even though I'm not currently current. Currently current. If that is that redundant, I'm not current at the moment. It's been a while since I've flown, so I have to take my flight review and get all that stuff done before I fly again. But at the time that I did fly a lot, we were requested to spread some ashes out over a certain body of water on the airplane, on the aircraft. And they gave us this little baggie, and it had the ashes of whomever it was. We said we sure, you know, we go ahead and do that. We took off in our Cessna. 172 and flew out over it's close to the Kissimmee area went up about 3,000 feet and at that point we thought okay this is the time let's go ahead and do this we'll uh we'll go 3,000 and we'll open the little window on the side and we'll kind of drop the ashes out well because we've never done this before it wasn't a good idea because when we did that it all blew back into the point. correct we were shake and bake yeah. And we were laughing our asses off, but grossed out, but laughing was this great variation between, ah, oh, God, this is so nasty. Ah. And, uh, yeah, and I remember when we, as soon as we landed and we taxied over 
and we he stopped the plane. We just jumped out of the plane and started like laughing, but patting ourselves, like trying to get the dust off. Like yeah. it's not going to do anything, but we're laughing. Yeah. It was this maniacal psycho shit that was memorable. I, I I don't even know if I still got all the ashes out. There's probably something somewhere. Still oh yeah, how, how? you were day. eating ashes. That was a that, lot that of ash up, action. That did the one. I was told a similar story. On the way to Catalina, my buddy was watching this thing happened and it was clear that it was a family trying to nonchalantly gather at the back of the ferry on the way yeah, to Catalina. Yeah. And uh, Grandma was given the urn to scatter the ashes or whatever, but she's older and frail and ends up just like fumbling and dropping the thing. Awesome. And you, and you would think that it would fall into the ocean and the family just kind of dispersed. So my buddy's like, he couldn't resist, so he went to the back of the boat, and he looked down, and yeah, there's like a four-foot, like, dock behind the, like, right. thing behind there's the boat. There's a platform of the... Big, pe- giant flat of Grandpa down there on the back of the boat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Ashes to ashes. I'm curious how much finer human ashes are. Then, like, for example, when my cat passed, we had my cat cremated. Our condolences on your kitty kitty. Thank you. And when I looked at her ashes, they're actually, um, they look like crushed coral. Oh. They were very bony. It's a funny thing you mentioned that because one of the things that uh, I found out, I went to Japan last year. We, we trained in Japan for taiko drumming, so we go often. But this last time that we went, someone had explained about why it's... Uh, not proper to stick your chopsticks in your rice when you're done eating. You know, if you're if you're waiting between between spoon, you know, scoops, okay. you don't stick your chopsticks okay. in your rice. And it's kind of implying the you know sifting through ashes and taking out the small pieces of bone is kind of a morbid oh. sign to stick your your chopsticks in. But that's that was the whole purpose of having the chopsticks to take those little extra pieces and put them in a different position. You know, a bit, oh. I don't know, collect them. Okay. For the person, oh, interesting. That makes sense. Yeah, so chopsticks were around for the for funeral purposes. Correct. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, chopsticks were just implements, so you could have chopsticks that were extra long that were used for cooking or for picking things. You know. Well, it, it would make sense. So it, it's it was an, an interesting correlation between death and cremation and the use of chopsticks and their symbolicism in something as simple as eating a bowl of rice. There you go. Fun fact. On Fun that fact. note, aren't we going for ramen later? Ooh, we should ramen. go now. So on that note, this. on that note. Oh yeah, we hardly ask we, we are, we are questions. Doing, <laughs> we are doing uh, a. We are in, we're in Little Tokyo, so we yes. should end on the Japanese so chopstick story here in Little Tokyo. Oh, Japanese with chopstick. The mermaid with the mermaid. Mermaid. Yeah. With I, Marina, the fire-eating yeah, mermaid I, from I, Fort Lauderdale, USA. Right now, Pompano. Pompano. No, no, Pompano. Oh, you moved to Pompano. I oh, just she moved. Performs. Yeah, just moved. I performed for Pompano. Yeah, I'm technically still Fort Lauderdale. You can't Lauderdale. say Pompano because it pops on the mic. Pompano makes no sense. No, I have these um, cool. these um, popping pads. Pop- yeah, pop- that's pop- these, uh, I like these, these boom foam, little, covers. Yeah, little covers. They're like little Muppet noses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi-ho. Someone said, uh, <laughs> did you ever watch uh, that, that show Sesame Street? Yeah, it's that show with the puppets that live in the barrio. <laughs> Are you ready to watch that that movie that's coming up? The, no. the Happy Time Murders? No. I'm ready. What, what? Tell me about that. I think toward the end of the month, the Brian Henson, I do believe, is is in charge of directing. Or, and he's is that very, Jim Henson's son? His or, son. Yeah. Okay. And it's a very blue, fabulous 
Muppet movie, but for adults. And it is, oh, it pulls cool. no punches. They go right for, there was a, a show in Vegas called Puppet Up that unfortunately I missed. It went dark the day that I actually went to Vegas to watch oh. it. And it is full adult humor. And I watched some little clips of it and thought, wow, this is freaking great. Why wouldn't you use Muppets to do that too? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can do yeah. it for every genre. Yeah. And uh, cool. then the the show stopped, which was really disappoint you know disappointing and, and also kind of sad because it was a great idea I yeah. personally thought. And then now this movie's coming out with uh, Melissa Melissa McCarthy uh, and Muppets, and Very it cool. it's sick, Very fabulously cool. sick. So uh, Where do I'm hoping. Where you perform there in Fort Lauderdale? Oh, thank you, Al. Thank you, thank you for bringing that up. Let's get the let's put the plug yeah. Let's out get there. let's get to the uh, let's get to the the meat of the matter here. Well, I I'm an aquatic performer. I started the shows at the Rec Bar back in 2006 in an effort to not only preserve aquatic performances but the bar itself. Can I say something real quick about that? Certainly. In the early years of the Hukilau, we used uh, well there was only about a half dozen of us right that would go over to the Rec and hang out at the Rec when we wanted to get away from the crowd because yeah. nobody knew about the wreck at that time. Yeah. Al Nepper was like in charge. I, I, I was invited and I didn't go. Um, yeah, I don't know if Al Nepper was in charge, but he ha- he was one of the few that would hang out there. But, uh, you know, then the years following, I was like, oh, yeah, now everybody's in our fucking bar. Right. What the fuck, man? Well, you know, it, it's <laughs> it's... As my, my husband Roy would say, it was an overnight success 12 years in the making. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It took so much. I I had the interest to do it. At the time, I had some time off from the Maikai because uh, I'd been working there a while. I had my kid. I had a little bit of time off. Somebody had told me about the bar, which I hadn't even thought to go and check out. And thought, yeah, we, we stumbled upon it. Yeah, that's Because we were it, staying right? across at the Bahia Cabana. And then we crossed the street to just kind of look for a quiet place to hang out. We thought, let's see if there's a bar in that hotel over there. Yeah. And we walked in and we're like, what the hell is this? Mm. You know, it was so cool. And unchanged. Well, then, yeah. I'm sorry, the, the bar that you saw was after its 1980s renovation, which That's was correct. actually made into a disco. And they had this extra, well, no, it was oh, still pretty Fantastic cool. and larger. It was larger. still cool, yeah. The original size was pretty much what we have now. It got uh, renovated twice after that and became pretty much the same size uh the two extra portholes were reopened and they tried to make a, a some the idea was or i suggested that they have a lounge on that side so that you can sit back on a couch and you can watch a swim from time to time and the main show happens at the main windows and that's kind of what they're trying to work on but it's still kind of a work in progress because i think everyone has a different vision so right, right. it kind of a, a lot of trial and error and that's generally right. what we're trying approached you with like you're great I'm going to move you to South Dakota. We're going to do our own mermaid bar. What I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, actually, I my uh, the goal would be to be able to help these porthole bars have these types of performances you know yeah, it's a different yeah. t- it's a different style of performing because it's very organic but you also want to make sure to give the, the the folks the audience a really interesting experience and they have to know the swimmers have to not only be actors they have to be excellent swimmers and dancers to boot so it, it's a lot to ask i really would love to be able to to provide that to other places so that that becomes an not just an option but maybe it can re reignite the interest in these establishments where it's not a cliche tiny area that they're not really able to do a whole lot or even the whole porthole pool idea which practically went obsolete how many mermaid bars are left there are only well here's the thing they're only as far as i know you know i could totally be wrong but at this point what i'm aware of is there are five porthole bars that have views into the pool that have the facilities to have underwater shows okay 
only two have swim shows. And one of them, of course, is our beloved Rec Bar. The other sure. one is a yeah. sip and dip in Great well, Falls, Montana. Sponsored by Johnny O and Crazy Al. Yeah, that's right. Sip and Dip is a fantastic place, and it's changed very, very little since its inception. And not only that, there's a very great woman called Piano Pat who plays this Wurlitzer. Show. Yes. She is phenomenal. And that, that un- unto itself is a reason to go. She's going to any second now, so oh, I'll oh. say go see her. Uh, yeah, well, you know, that... That along with that, try to check it out. <laughs> to, it is a try to make your motivation. Show. Friday yes. night, I say go Friday night or don't yeah. go at all. Uh, um, but uh, she's like Wednesday through Friday, maybe. Uh, I'm not. I actually don't know her schedule. But, I apologize for uh, that. But it makes it really makes uh, a special special night to yeah. be in the bar with her singing. And as frail as she is, and yeah. with the mermaids, and yeah. the, the core has not changed since the uh, inception. Everybody's got to lean in and for this photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're, we're taking a photo here. Where's, where's Al? I don't see Al, though. You need to go to the right, to the right, to the right. right. Oh, there he goes. He's adjusting here. And brought to you by Kari spilling stuff. Lean in, Al. Lean in. Home of all There we go. We're smiling. Oh, I'm nice. talking. Look, can you see that one more time? I'm talking. He caught me mid-talk. I'm going to be quiet for a moment. Here, Hang on. talking. We're taking a picture. There we go. We got the shot. Here. Thank you for your patience, everyone. That was nice. You did a very nice so before Edgar we wrap Bergen. Up, before we wrap up, is there any other mermaid questions that I didn't ask that you guys would like to ask? Yeah, please do ask. There, oh, I don't one, think I answered enough one questions. Question. Oh. Uh, go ahead. Or is it me? I'm, you go first. Okay. Okay. You recently did. You've been waiting years. Now, as far as I know, there's three mega mermaids. Ah, yes. And uh, there was a... They finally all got together and shot the shit and did a photo shoot. Tell us about that. That was freaking great. Um, I, uh, I've been doing this a long time, as many of you have, have gathered. There are two other real uh, trailblazers that really uh, have done an awful lot in their own res- genres. Uh, respective genres in the underwater performance field. One of them is uh, Hannah Fraser, who is fantastic, and she's actually out of L.A., phenomenal performer. Oh, really? Okay. And uh, she, her forte is definitely environmental. She is an environmental activist, of course. She also uh, swims with ridiculously dangerous animals for with photographers. She works with photographers and takes these brilliant, brilliant oh, wow. photos. In fact, uh, I think she's been in a couple of commercials. I would say she is the most uh, recognizable via media uh, as far as, as us three. You know, when you get your picture taken with a great white or something. That does it. And she is absolutely she stunning. She had a photo taken with a great white? She has. Wow. Oh, to, for starters, she went to Hawaii and took photos with uh, manta rays feeding around her as she was at the bottom. She was anchored at the bottom wow. dancing. Uh, she's a ridiculously fabulous uh, performer. So she is one of the, tri- we call ourselves the mermaid trifecta. Okay. Um, so it's she and then Lyndon Wolbert, who is uh, a phenomenal in her own right. She uh, has started her own line of monofins. She's a children's educator. So Sponsored by Body Gloves. Yes, by Body Gloves. So it's wow. like, yeah, she's no joke and, and very, very smart and savvy. So I would consider her the, the best businesswoman I've ever seen in this, in this genre so far. And then, uh, you know, my, I'm included because my forte is more toward the side of uh, entertainment. You're a real mermaid. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I just have big feet. That's, my feet are much bigger than theirs. It's very scary. But besides that, I, I'm more of the showgirl. So that's the, the stuff that you would see possibly in Vegas or in films where it has the uh, Esther Fort Williams. Fort Lauderdale, or, live at the Rec Bar. Or Fort Lauderdale. Every Friday night. Or if a nice underwater Saturday pool. Matinees. <laughs> 
if an underwater pool establishment opens on this side, I'd be so stoked. New to- <laughs> fabulous burlesque on Friday nights. Barbecue, right? Wouldn't that be cool? So you know, maybe with Mermaid Bar can get an extra porthole, and I'll uh, I'll see if I can get some people over Ooh, here. You should do. A burlesque for Friday nights here. Not a bad burlesque idea. Video. Get me going. Oh, I'd there be you go. Well, actually, we are looking into that. But uh, yeah, we not only do we have, uh, you know, I started the shows to pre- back backtracking on that. I started and the shows no. to. Pre- <laughs> we got ideas uh, for you. The yeah. song used to be "Ask Any Mermaid You Happen to See." Oh, what's the best tuna? But can a mermaid catch a tuna? I mean, the tuna are pretty fast. If anyone's gonna, it's probably Hannah. Uh, she's very fast. Okay. But uh, when, when I uh, when I started preserving the bar, you know, I, when I just started doing the shows to preserve the bar, does Marina really taste like chicken? Is what I want. That's right. Uh, the hotel initially, <laughs> I, I feel feel bad because I never got to say the story of how I got started doing it. Yeah, let's let's get it. I'll, I'll do it real quick. Yeah, here. yeah. Um, and when the uh, when I had some time off from the Maikai, I willingly went to the wreck to take a look and see what it was about because people kept telling me to go there and look at it. I forbade myself from going because I, when you work at the Maikai, and back then you didn't want to deviate your attention. You wanted to focus on the show. It's a lot of they they put a lot of uh, obligations on you as far as you had to perform, you had to be there, and uh, you did really didn't have time to do other stuff, which is totally cool with with me when I moved there, and that was my idea. But since I had a little time off, I decided to stray and take a look and saw this magnificent bar, giant portholes. The bar looks like a Spanish galleon. Looks like it hasn't been touched since the 1950s. And there wasn't a soul in the bar. No one. Yeah, when I went there with our group, when we founded back in 03, 04, we were the only ones in there. And it would close early because there was no one else. Yeah. Frequenting the bars, absolutely. So, which we were bummed about, but we love. You should look at it now. Yeah. yeah, we loved the theming, and we thought, "Oh, this is a great place." But we didn't want to tell anybody because we were trying to escape that whole right thing, right? Yeah. Right. And so when I approached, I approached the management, and I told them, "Have you considered having a show here? You guys had shows here between the 1950s and the early no mid to actually mid 1950s to mid 1960s, more or less, give or take, I would say." And uh, asked if they would consider having shows again. And the whole staff that was there, I, well, or at least the ones that I spoke with, weren't aware of the fact that that had happened. So, of right, course, they right. think I'm a bit nuts asking about this and suggesting it. So I said I'd go there on a Thursday, 5.30, and I'll do a swim to show you how it would work. So I made a tail because I knew that they wouldn't be into me swimming in, in a uh, Esther Williams-type outfit. they probably want to see the fishtail, especially since the bar had okay, so no, many. Wait a second. Let's just, let me stop here. Certainly. How long did it take you to make tail number one? Not very long, because it's just a fabric tail. It's nothing more than a sausage casing. But you knew, a, like, this is going to work well underwater. This isn't going to drag uh, I've, I've used it before, because okay. oh, I've been okay. a figure swimmer before that. Okay. So I was just there to introduce that particular implement and say, awesome. all right, well, here's the deal. So I, I did the swim. It was on a Thursday. Wrote back the next day saying, you know, this is what it was be, would be like. It would be really great for the bar. would generate people. And, you know, it would be a, a tip of the hat to its golden age. And they wrote back saying we appreciate it. It was lovely, yada, yada. Uh, but they, don't, they didn't have an interest in it. But they said I could come any time and practice. To okay. which I said, yeah, all right, I will. Every Thursday at 5.30. Yeah, yeah. And I'll go on MySpace, and I'm going to tell everybody I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for every single week since then, I would just constantly, constantly do this. Promote the crap out of it on MySpace, do everything, and do the swim. 
And within two months, the bar was packed. Well, yeah. yeah, you know, and it's not because I was magnificent. It's just, shit, you're sitting in a bar drinking a, a Mai Tai or a martini, and a woman in a fishtail is swimming a across. Woman. Yeah, seriously oh, hot. Thank you, thank you. But, you know, that would be just. Smoking. Oh, you guys, have more drinks. I, they're all so drunk <laughs> you know right now. Is hot? Mo eating a tater tot. Mo and the tots. Mo. Go slow, Mo go slow. The tots. Tater tots. <laughs> I did sound effects. The sound Anyone? effect is I do, I do Foley. I do Foley, everyone. <laughs> anyway, so they said no, but within two months since I filled up, they reconsidered, and then they quote-unquote hired me, and I would do the, sw- the swims, and I had one friend doing it with me. I trained her. I had another one that I trained, so we had three friends working together. And now you're making costumes for all of oh, them? Oh, I'm not. I actually made costumes till last August, and uh, one of the swimmers uh, asked to come and help make them, so she's become the costume designer currently. Right. Uh, but I still make them for myself from time to time. Okay. Just you know, it's always good to experiment and and see what what uh, other fabrics and things work. It's always a work in progress. So I'm totally stoked about that. And uh, <laughs> Kari Hendler, amazing pho- photographer at large. She's <laughs> photographing me and Al as we're doing this interview. So naturally, I have to uh, do stupid things. So anyway, from from there, I uh, I really uh, started doing a lot of different shows and, and wanting right, there at right. the wreck but I always did other stuff elsewhere so it, it's rather great and every year of course pardon I would uh, be going to the west coast to do Tiki Oasis right, and, right. and the events and uh, Otto was, was integral in getting me uh, in the Tiki genre because he knew that I had experience at both the Hawaiian Inn and Daytona Beach before I moved to Daytona Okay, and then the Maikai It's cool having you in the pools out here in the west coast but I wish we had the same experience where we could view That would be holes. the closest thing you can get to that, and I tell you, I'm happy to say, is you come to the Mermaid, right? and you're going to see a little are. porthole, and there I am swimming through the porthole currently. But uh, perhaps if something does open up, uh, maybe we could have a West Coast uh, Medusa and Aquatic Cat chapter. Los Angeles. That would be pretty freaking sweet. So that that is that would be a great goal for the Aquatic Cats to expand to the West wow. Coast and bring a little... Aqua Tiki into the uh, the mix. It's a great story. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you again. It is a pleasure for finally being on the podcast. I've been wanting to do this with you for a long time. Man, it was hard. It was hard to get this going. We kept like sliding and, and doing other well, stuff. We were I, moving I was thinking like, like crazy. well, I think I sent you a note. And I said, let's just we, we can just do it by phone. Yeah. But I mean, it's better to do it in person. This is pretty cool. It's more fun. But how apropos is it to have? A podcast with Marina the Mermaid in the Mermaid with her looking at herself, looking at herself, <laughs> looking at herself. It is very there's that's like six walls. Six walls. <laughs> we're we're actually sitting in the Mermaid, a new bar here in Little Tokyo, downtown LA, and a friend of ours, Mo Herms, who has also been on the podcast before, is a yes. partner in this bar. So, and she's actually serving us right now. She, it's it, it's good to be the king, isn't it? It's for good you to there. be the king. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> But it, this is great. I, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us oh, and talk totally. to our listeners and, and tell your story. Thank you, Boris, for adding your color commentary. <laughs> Boris. Thank you, Boris, Al. muy macho. A diet secrets. For adding your yeah. diet secrets. Yeah. D- d- for <laughs> lack of. It's, Al it's will really, be writing a book shortly. Okay, so diet, it, for all you out there, is really simple. Lack of diet is the key. Lack of diet. There you go. Moderation, discipline. 
Let's throw out your social media before we wrap sure. up. Sure. Uh, you can find me. Uh, mostly Facebook is the most interactive currently. Our, my, pa- my page is kind of under construction, so it's a little bit uh, folk- it's a little static. So if you want to see what's going on constantly, check out Marina or Fire Eating Mermaid Marina. Marina the Fire Eating Mermaid. That is my full title, actually. Marina the Fire Eating Mermaid. Can't be mermaid without the fire, baby. Uh, if you do that, it's just me being stupid. But yeah, Marina the Fire Eating Mermaid, you'll find me on Facebook. Uh, that's actually the best way to go about it. And then uh, I'll be giving updates as to where, who, what, when, and uh, between the drumming and the swimming and the traveling and more drumming and more swimming. It's going to be great. Sounds good. And then we also have here Crazy Altikis and uh, that Boris guy on Instagram. And that Boris I won't guy. follow you back. Awesome. That Boris Snob. guy. Snob. At that, <laughs> that Boris guy. That Boris, Boris guy, guy that doesn't follow you guys. You should put At that whole thing. Crazy LTPs. Crazy LTPs. Um, Two very great pieces. Fabulous people right here. Thank you so much for having us again from our behalf. You're welcome. Thank you. I wasn't hammered and filthy mouth this time. You are You are filthy. I love it when you talk dirty. That was freaking awesome. You're like, fuck, 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 fuck. Thanks for reminding everyone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and yes, fuck Cheeky Tony. Actually, I love that guy. Caveat: I love him. I love him. I would him, have but his baby, but he's having too many of his own. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're like a little sprinkler. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> what a vision. <laughs> and for our listeners out there, if we missed any questions that you want to ask. You must have a dozen. About we, mermaidism. We hardly talked about it, man. We're talking about pizza and shit. Taiko drumming. Sperm oh, yeah. whales. We didn't even talk about Taiko, dude. Sperm whales. Oh, my sperm. A second. You always no, have to have a second. We should, we'll be talking we about sperm before we... We didn't even bring up the eating fire. We didn't bring up any of that shit. They just lowered the lights. We're, we're so just going to have to do a sequel. That's all. Oh, man. We have to do a... It might have to be a two-parter. You guys have any questions that we missed? Check us out on Inside the Desert Oasis Room group page on Facebook. And ask your questions there and tag Marina. Please do. And maybe she can answer your questions for I, you there. I'll do my best. <laughs> and if you have any questions, comments, or just want to leave a shout out, you can do that there too. Follow us on Instagram at Polynesian Pop or check out previous episodes at DesertOasisRoom.com. El, el Desierto.com. <laughs> Desert Oasis. Por favor, vende a visitarnos, por favor. <laughs> Desert Oasis. Cheers, everybody. Cheers! Ocole Paluna! Kampai! Aloha! This episode was brought to you in part by the Tiki Tea, a family-owned and operated tropical drink bar in Los Angeles, California. Come get their house specialty, the Ray's Mistake, for only $6 on Wednesdays until 9 p.m. For more information, check out their website, tiki-ti.com. This episode was also brought to you by Steadfast Pomade, a strong-holding, medium-bodied styling product for men and women, which leaves your hair looking neat and shiny with a clean, fresh scent. Order yours today at SteadfastPomade.com.